This podcast was made on the homelands of the Darawal, Alauri and Wadiwadi peoples. The people who have a good mind to tell you the story in this podcast would like you to know that we're going to talk here about sexual abuse and suicide attempts. If you or someone you care about needs support, please contact 1800 Respect on 1800 732 732 or Lifeline on 131114. There are some swear words in this podcast. If you prefer a beeped version, you can find a link for that in the show notes. don't ever feel as though I have a strong foundation in anything in my life. Even though I've done lots of things, I've done a PhD, I've performed in uncountable numbers of plays. I've been doing a professional children's show for the last 25, 26 years, but I never walk away completely confident that I'm any good at anything that I do. <laughs> and that's, that's the foundations that were built as a child. It, it wasn't just one moment as a as a kid that laid down the shaky foundations. There's a couple that stand out sort of when I was 12, 13 years old. It was um, having to become the responsible person in the house after my mother attempted suicide. And then there was a childhood sexual assault which happened outside of the school. That's the, that's the sort of myriad of traumas, not just a single trauma, and that's what complex post-traumatic stress disorder, it's about multiple traumas. So when I started my PhD, um, in cultural studies and creative arts. I was doing writing for theatre as my major. And one of the things we had to do at the beginning is we had to do a project in a genre that wasn't that of your major project. So I chose poetry. I'd been thinking about writing poems about growing up. I figured this, this was a kind of entry into that stuff that sometimes I was too afraid to think or talk about. that I wrote that's being used in this podcast uh, was kind of born out of a moment where my school in particular was being featured a lot in the courts in Canberra because a few of the brothers were being charged with the abuse of the kids. I found out after I left school that I was, I was actively being groomed by a network. 
And it's also hard for me to think that those teachers around me, those other people on staff, didn't know or suspect what was going on and either felt powerless or chose to be blind to what was going on. I was essentially the school welfare kid. My parents didn't pay fees. And apart from one or two teachers that kind of stood out as not being that way, the school always let me know in one fashion or another that I was the welfare kid. There weren't many of us in a private school that big, thousand or so secondary students, but there's always a way that they let you know <laughs> that you weren't like everybody else. And that seemed to parallel really strongly with some childhood trauma trauma experiences that were happening at home as well. So that's how the poem came about. Thank Christ I'm not an altar boy. Morris College, Canberra, 1975 to 1983. For the survivors. Nothing's gonna touch you in these golden years. Caps and bare legs, blazers and ties, bruised knees, genuflect, signs of the cross, a communion, confirmation and initiation. Never changed socks, the smell of the corridor. Cane, cane, able to cane, cane. Cane, cane, only the best will do. Race for the cricket nets, slow down in the corridor. Model plane wars, football cards, sultana sandwiches, salami sandwiches, it's refo sandwiches for all. Mum and dad asunder. Papa put under the daisies. My left eye, left-leaning, can't spot the ball. Scrape and stitch, a dead man's eye. What a trip at eleven, waiting for the donor to die. Teacher's nervous breakdown. She's caning in alphabetical order. Louis is bone lazy, but quick enough to flee at D. White cassocks and black cinctures, it's a black noose. In cowboy films, the good guys wear white. One bad apple, unlike Eve, unnoticed. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands. Moving on up, long pants, no caps, blazers and ties, genuflection, and crossing, signs and bent knees. Socks need their washing and faces need bathing. Too big for the cane, but they know you're still able. Football every weekend, punches for communism. Teachers to drool over, girls in their fun bags. Take a little wine, take a little more, and a little more, and a little more. Parents kaput, dead shits on ice. God, your mother can pick them. Left eye still stinging, the dead man wants out. Another nervous breakdown, close to home. Dial triple O, hold on to mum's hand. 
white cassocks are circling, weighing up your worth. I think to myself, I've never seen the birds. To the praise and the glory of his name. College years arrive, same blazer, new tie. The shaping of young men in voluntary religious devotion. Clothes and hair, more than just things to wear. No cane anymore, it's purely psychological. Sport, sport, sport and music. Girls turn into women, not a fucking clue. First joint, first bands, first sex, not yet. Hang out, act cool and try to figure out what the hell to do. The family is under ambulatory care. Our paths are here and there. It's a cockeyed world and nothing is clear. The breakdown becomes personal. They were hiding in the halls. The statute of limitations is a life raft for some. For our good and the good of all his holy church. Run for the shadows in these golden years. So I wrote the poem in 2009, which is the, my first semester in the PhD at Wollongong Uni. And I had read it out probably a couple of years after I'd written it. Just did a public read. But I remember the audience being quite quiet. That was confronting. I had no nerves in the, the, the reading that I did first time. But what did stick out was that the audience was super quiet. There was no mm, of understanding. There was no... It was, it was like I'd farted really loudly and it was really smelly and nobody wanted to say anything and everyone was being uber polite. That's what I felt. I had no idea what anybody else in the audience felt about that part. But when I got to the reading last year and I knew what the project was about, the, um, the admissions anthology, you know, lived experience with mental health. Once I knew a couple of people who I knew loved me and cared for me were going to be there. Once other people that I knew loved and cared for me were there and I didn't realise they were going to be there, it took on something else. And the, the jelly leaks, that was the thing that really got me. I wasn't even sure I was going to be able to step up the stage and it was only a small step. And I'd had that feeling before, it was, but it was a new level above other moments. It was the first time I ever performed live in a band. That was one. The first time I ever delivered an academic paper to a conference... That was another. When I went to the Masters Boxing for my first and only ever boxing match, I didn't think I'd be able to get any higher than that. I thought that is a level of intensity and adrenaline that I'd, I'd never experienced before. But, yeah, going up to read this poem, I was going, oh, this is even worse. So I start reading the poem and... 
I felt utterly vulnerable. And I do, I, I start to get teary. And I took a couple of deep breaths. I bit on my tongue. And, um, yeah, just kept going. There was lots of response. You could hear people going, hmm, oh, you know. There was that kind of, that response from the audience that was like, oh, yeah, we get where you're going. And I think this is part of what, what stops the scaffolding building up really strongly is that when, when you leave that moment and you're full of adrenaline, you're full of the flight, fight or f- freeze response, you're not, you're not threatened, but because you feel vulnerable, that reptile part of your brain feels threatened, you know, in that moment of vulnerability. People are coming up and they're praising you, they're giving you lots of support and love and it just doesn't completely sink through and it takes an act of self-awareness or, or something like that to kind of really and it's a it's a difficult thing to do to pull yourself right back there in the moment to try and let some of that sink in it's just muddy whatever's coming in is muddy it's badly tuned radio and it does take an act of will then to later sit down and think Oh, yeah, so-and-so said that to me. It still doesn't take completely, but it helps. It really does help. You know, it's, it's, it's like putting things together with sticky tape and chewing gum. You're shoring up things. You're trying to add an extra layer of scaffolding around the things that aren't secure. I've been in and out of counselling since I was 14, but I've been going to regular counselling since the early 90s. And as I've become aware, that's not unusual for people with trauma. Once they're sort of, it's like archaeology. Once you're excavating, it's not till you're down on the, on the, um, the structure or the bones of the thing that you then have to start being careful. Before, you can sort of strip off layers without being too precious. And I think when I read it the first time, it hadn't made the connection in my brain yet with how open I was being in the poem. And I still don't feel I'm being completely open in the poem, you know. Being poetic about a lot of things. And in some way, that's probably the comfort level to allow those things out, to start to pave the way in the world for those things. Sort of understanding how those moments of vulnerability fire up those protective mechanisms that come from those traumatic moments in your life. And I've, I've just gone, wow. What if I could make my life a piece of art? My healing is an act of creativity and my capacity to kind of change the way that script works on me is an act of creativity. 
people who have had a good mind to tell you this story today are Lausch, Marco and Phil, with sound mixing by Craig. Original music in this story is by Arian, Emma Corhonen and also Kevin McLeod. You can find more detailed music credits and links in the show notes. Thanks to Audio Technica Australia for their amazing equipment and Beyond Empathy for their inspiration and support. If you'd like this story, go and check out Beyond Empathy's podcasts from the edge. This podcast is supported with funding from Coordinaire, the Southeastern New South Wales Primary Health Network, through the Australian Government Primary Health Network Program. You can find out more and get in contact via our website, agoodmind2.com.au. 